This podcast is brought to you by Kiefer Her. Whether you're feeling the effects of menopause or your menstrual cycle, discover what's key for you in less than five minutes with tailored supplement recommendations, information and insights on kieferher.com. Hi, I'm Renee. And I'm Donna. Welcome to the Key For Her podcast. In this series, we aim to educate and open up honest conversations with both medical professionals and real-life women. We want to shine a light on those topics that sometimes go unspoken about and help empower women to know what is key for their health and well-being. Hello. It's Renee here. We're back for another episode of the Key For Her podcast. And today I am talking to Aoife Niyuki. Now, she is an amazing person. She is joining us today to talk all about pelvic floor and why we all have these bladder leakages. <laughs> and Aoife is a clinical expert in the field of men and women's health continents. And she provides leadership and strategic vision through her clinical and consultancy work and also contributes to teaching and research. And Eva is a peer-nominated medico-legal pelvic physiotherapy expert providing services in the UK and Ireland. So Eva is very welcome to the podcast. Wow. Thank you thank for coming. You. Thank you, Renee. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. And it's a long time coming because it's something that pops up in conversation with our customers as well quite often is the whole subject of bladder leakage and pelvic physiotherapy. And I have mentioned your name to a few people as well. I said, <laughs> you need to go speak to Eva. So how did you get into it originally? And tell us a little bit more about what you do. Okay, well, I'm absolutely delighted to do that, Renee. So as you said, my name is Aoife Niyaki. I'm a chartered physiotherapist and clinical specialist in women's and men's health and continence. And I suppose, Renee, before we go any further, just to maybe explain where that is, because often the pelvic floor, the location of it is a mystery for some people. So my area of expertise relates to the area of the body between the waist and the top of the legs. That's where your pelvis is located. Yes. And these very important muscles that are called the pelvic floor muscles are located in the base or the underneath part of the pelvis. And these muscles are really important, as you mentioned there, for bladder function. They're also really important for bowel function. They're really important as well to support our organs, hold them in place, guard against prolapse, and to ensure normal sexual and erectile function as well. Okay. And to answer your question, how I came here, how I got to this area, I started my career as a physiotherapist 25 years ago. And like lots of physios and like lots of my colleagues, I actually wanted to be a sports physio. But when I discovered this area of physiotherapy, you know, which at the time, you know, was really, there was a lot of evidence to support it. And I began to have an interest in it. And I realized, Renee, that you're not going to be running out onto any pitch. You're not even be going to be able to nearly go for your walk sometime mm. or even like get a night's sleep if you have these very common but awful problems. So I really felt then, well, gee, you know, the floor like is the real core of the body. Yes. yes. Uh, 
and that's where 25 years later, I'm <laughs> still in it and really loving it. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So you're in a field of work, no longer the sports field, no. <laughs> a different kind of a field, but you're helping so many people in different ways because I suppose people might have heard of Kegel exercises or their pelvic floor, maybe when they've just had a baby and then they're sent home and they're just left to their own devices and they're wondering what has happened. So I suppose maybe you can tell us a bit about the issues that happen to women in particular from that baby stage upwards. Perfect. I'd be absolutely delighted. Mm. And just if I could start, just, you know, when you mentioned Kegels, which were great exercises of their day, they were actually invented, Renee, in 1935. Oh, wow. Gynecologist. And Kegels and no more than another exercise, which a lot of your viewers um, and listeners will have heard about, is a thing called a midstream stop. Mm. So that is sort of stopping the flow of urine, but no more than the Kegels, which were front passage kind of squeezing exercises, stopping the flow of urine. That's really old school these days in terms of the training. With the advances of technologies like ultrasound imaging and MRI imaging, we really found out how important the posterior compartment is and the bowel side of things. Okay. So the training is different now than one time. And our results, Renee, have really rocketed in knowing this. So are you saying that by doing those MRI images, while I suppose someone was doing what they thought was the right thing, they probably were able to realize it wasn't getting everywhere that it needed to get? Wow. Exactly. So it was all about the front passage initially. And, you know, when I think back to like maybe 20 years ago and you know, the ladies I saw and I thought, oh, they must be doing their exercises or, you know, but they just weren't, we weren't getting the results. We were sending them on for surgeries that, you know, maybe often didn't work as well for them. But if we had known this, so, you know, thankfully in the last 15 years, you know, this new evidence has come out. And actually, Renee, later I can pop up some of the, an example of these ultrasound scans of a normal pelvic floor. And then a pelvic floor that has issues. And you will see clearly on the scan the difference. But Renee, to answer your question, and this is important about the babies and when to start, right? So (laughs) if there's anybody listening, right? And it is their first pregnancy. It is recommended that you start pelvic floor muscle training from 20 weeks. Now, if you have issues and you could have issues with your bladder or your bowel or prolapse or sexual function or pain, if you have issues before 20 weeks, then start the training sooner. And okay. most important, the day you give birth and you wake up from that first. The last thing you'll be thinking of. I know, you mentioned it there. For an day one post-birth, start this pelvic floor muscle training. Find that pelvic physio in the hospital where you delivered your baby. Even though you probably can't even open your eyes, go to that class that they're offering you. Make contact. Go back in even maybe a week later with the baby. I just find it's really good to meet other moms to do that, to get the support. I'm a mother of three kids myself. You know, even though you think I would know everything, I found that support great. You know, yes. classes. My colleagues just say, Eva, what are you doing here? You know all this. And <laughs> I was like, you don't want it yourself a little bit. And that's a key message, Renee. Start out before muscle training from 20 weeks and start day one after giving birth. Okay. Because I had noticed myself that I was even getting a bit of leakage before I even had my first baby. So I think that was possibly down to just the pressure of being 
pregnant and I thought I would have been fine because I ended up having to have an emergency C-section that I wouldn't have possibly any sort of bladder issues or leakage or anything after. But no, (laughs) I think it was just the pressure of being pregnant, I suppose, at the time. So it is really important to start this training after you've had the baby as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, Renee, it's actually more to do with hormonal changes. Okay. When we become pregnant from, and we've been hearing all our lives about hormones lately. (laughs) We're going to be talking about those in relation to menopause. Yes. From 10 weeks of pregnancy or 10 weeks gestation, there are hormonal changes that cause softening in the ligaments and the fascia everywhere in the body, right? That makes sense though, I suppose. So they're doing their job in one place, but they're having a a negative effect. Even that hormonal change, right, causes a softening. And then, you know, with softening of ligaments and you know all about collagen, right? And collagen changes, things start to go south. This is what puts pressure on these muscles, the weight of the bump. And just, Renee, one last important thing, even if you had a cesarean section, right? These hormonal changes are there in your body until the baby is 18 months. It feels like 18 years. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, one time you think it was three months, right? So just... Give yourself a chance, ladies, after birth and definitely give your pelvic floor a chance because, you know, you have that softening there in your body until the baby is 18 months. If you were walking around the place at postnatally with a big bump, right, for 18 mm. months, you'd be much more careful of the baby. So that's why even with a cesarean section, you can have issues. Now, you'll have more issues if you have a vaginal birth. You'll have yeah. more issues again if you had an assisted delivery like forceps or vacuum, kiwi. And you'll have more issues again if it was a long second stage. So lots of pushing because there's a bit of nerve damage with that. And sadly, you'll have more issues, sadly. And finally, if you have a thing called a tear, in particular, a third degree tear, it affects a particular muscle. Wow. (laughs) Lots to consider. And then as the years go by, what happens in perimenopause and menopause that a lot of women are noticing that they might have bladder issues? or they might have random leakage. And what is happening and what is causing that? Perfect. So thinking about the perimenopause, I suppose, let's finish having the kids first, right? Yes. Let's say like we are leaving it a bit later to have our children. So, you know, I see lots of moms here in the clinic and they might get pregnant with the second baby, let's say when the first baby is 12 months. Those poor ladies, really, the softening, the hormonal changes that affects the pelvic floor is with them until that second child is 18 months. And again, they may end up having a third child before that. So they've been effectively pregnant for about six years, right? (laughs) By the time it goes. So that makes them more vulnerable. But of course, you know, we do want to have our children stay close together. We want to have our children. It's just a fact of life that we are leaving it later. But just to say, take particular care if you are that woman. You know, I was that woman with three children under four, you know. You're like, let's pop them all out (laughs) quick. Exactly. So make sure, ladies, that if you have the chance or the opportunity that you rehabilitate yourself fully in the pelvic floor and your tummy muscles and your back and your general fitness, right? So try and get over those postnatal insults on the body. And then just around the corner is more hormonal changes. So as you say, Renee, perimenopause then kicks in. 
Now, these are a different set of hormonal changes. <laughs> so if you didn't fix the issue that you had after yeah. the kids, it could potentially get worse. And it is an important yeah. time to really consider your options for this time of your life. Definitely. And just I think it's important saying at this point, it's never too late to begin the pelvic floor muscle training. And a lot of moms ask me, I've had my baby, I've sorted out my pelvic floor. God, I'm going to have another baby now. Would I be as well? Just leave it, have them all, then deal with it. The answer is no. Try and deal with it as soon as possible. Makes it easier. And then with the perimenopausal symptoms in particular, one of the main symptoms, and we nearly all have it. I turned 50, Renee, in the summer. So you do not look look amazing. But again, you know, the fatigue, I think, is something that a lot of us will complain about, the tiredness. And there's a few reasons for that tiredness. But again, if you're tired, you don't even feel you're struggling just to get through the day with the normal day today. You're not really exercising as much as you should be. The hormonal changes actually particularly target the muscles as well. Okay. They feel, do they just feel tired as well? They feel tired, right? But also, if you're not exercising them, then little bits of fat actually get into the muscle. You end up sort of having a bit of a tummy, you know, in this terrible time of these hormonal changes, fat is laid down. If you're not doing these exercises, keeping the bulk, you know, you hear about the vaginal atrophy that takes place, which is really, you know, it affects the skin in particular, but it also affects the muscle. So now you're compounded. You had a bit of dysfunction, kind of regular dysfunction. Then there are hormonal changes that literally affect smooth muscle. Now, the pelvic floor is not made up of all smooth muscle. There's another kind of muscle called striated or skeletal muscle. But again, that responds really, really, really well to training. Brilliant. So that's what, so fatigue is one thing in perimenopause that will affect you. So if your body is getting tired, your pelvic floor gets tired before that, you know, like from like four o'clock onwards, we're getting tired. But if you have a dysfunction. So you start peeing on yourself at three, is it? <laughs> yeah. Or let's say you have symptoms of prolapse. You're fine in the morning. You know, you're running around. As the day goes on, you're like, oh my God, I really feel that okay. prolapse. So yeah, so much can be done. The gut side as well. Our digestion, again, the gut is full of smooth muscle. The collagen changes, as you'll know all about, Renee. Yes. That are compounded in perimenopause, menopause. If the gut isn't filling and storing and emptying, it's pressurizing the muscles below it. That would make sense that if there was so much fecal matter that's there waiting, it's putting pressure on other parts of the body as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's a vicious circle then. So the gut is kind of, you know, the tummy is a bit more swollen. The movement isn't as good. That pressurizes the muscles and then they can't do their job of okay. helping to defecate. So yes. the vicious circle there. Also, the bladder symptoms creep in, more urinary tract infection. Again, the muscle, the smooth muscle is affected in perimenopause and menopause, the smooth muscle of the bladder. So again, pelvic floor in good condition will help the bladder fill, store and empty. And empty. And empty better. You won't get UTIs. You won't be rushing. You won't be leaking. Yeah, it's important. So just to touch on the collagen thing that you were talking about there, for a lot of people, they have lost half of their collagen actually by the time they're age 50. So it can be handy to take something like a supplement. But for, I suppose, 
people would be coming to visit you, have they found an improvement by taking vaginal estrogen as well to help with their bladder symptoms? Because it was actually my very first perimenopause symptom was my bladder started acting up at age 37 and I had no idea that it was possibly linked to perimenopause. And I suppose I noticed bladder leakage and also I felt certain drinks would irritate the lining of it. And my lower tummy was sore and I knew it wasn't a digestive thing. It was just pressure down there and I'd be waking up in the morning really wanting to go to the toilet really quickly because my bladder just felt so full. So I think it's one that a lot of people don't realize that they have and it can be a perimenopause symptom. Exactly, exactly. And there was some great talks, Renee, this week, and I definitely urge everybody to listen back. Uno Hagen from Amar's Pharmacy, she talked about the woman coming into the pharmacy and they were saying, listen, just taking a symptom in isolation, like for you, you didn't associate that bladder symptom with menopause. So she says women come in, they're looking for one thing and then they have another thing. It just does not dawn on them, you know. And And you don't want to offend them at the same time by saying, I suppose I've stopped trying to not offend people by telling them they're on perimenopause at the moment, because as far as I'm concerned, I'm trying to help them because I've been through it as well. But I suppose people are coming in with one symptom, but they're actually trying to explain to them, hey, this could be perimenopause or menopause. And it's not just a case of you need to go and buy the incontinence pads because that's, I suppose, putting a Band-Aid on the problem that to have a much better quality of life, they should either contact you or they can do one of your courses online, which I think is amazing that they don't have to drop everything and go across the country to come and visit you. Renee, thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, we find this as well. Just when you mentioned the vaginal atrophy there and the estrogen preparation, a new preparation has just launched for, you'll be interested to hear this, in the UK. And this is over-the-counter vaginal. Yes, we've heard about this. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. Very, hopefully it's only a matter of time. Now, this is not HRT. You know, and now, by the way, I am not a doctor, but just to say this is a product that the woman can get in the UK and in Northern Ireland over the counter for that vaginal atrophy. But in their studies and in their research, they just found that even the women won't have the courage to ask the pharmacist about these. So that it's great now that this is available literally to be able to be ordered online. And it just takes that stigma. And like you saying, you felt bad kind of nearly bringing it up, that they would be offended or embarrassed that it could be menopause. That's very important. And thank you for mentioning our online and, you know, our online products. So, yeah, we have developed. We are a specialist center. We're based in Galway, but we do see patients from all over Ireland. And ever before COVID, you know, we always did a little online. We were kind of a little techie kind of practice. But, but we, COVID really pushed you so much online God. and like okay. kicking and screaming, I suppose, as well, because yeah. it's probably confusing about to work out how to manage to yeah. literally do physiotherapy online. Yeah. And you'd think yeah. that it couldn't be done, but you've managed yeah. to master it and help so many people in the process from the comfort of their own home, which is amazing. Thank you, Renee. And again, with this vaginal estrogen back to it, it takes out the need for a physical examination. 
Okay. I spend my day doing physical examinations, but a lot of people do not like a physical examination and they will put off coming to their pelvic physio or going to their doctor if they need a vaginal estrogen. And just to say, this is an important message. Now this is available from your pharmacist in the UK, hopefully here soon. But also, you don't have to be examined by the pelvic physio. We have other ways of being able to assess you. So don't let that, because it does stop a lot of people, sadly. And I've heard a lot this week in relation to that vaginal estrogen. And as a plus, they're saying, and you don't have to have a per vaginal exam. Yeah. Lots of people are going, brilliant. And oh, brilliant. Okay. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we need to keep our ear to the ground. But again, with our digital programs, Renee, just to say, you know, they're more affordable. You don't even have to visit the physio. But of course, if you want to, you can. Or some people maybe have one session. And, you know, it's the way the world is going, using technology. And it's great, really. It's affordable and convenient. Yeah. It's fantastic. And talking about the vaginal estrogen as well, I know a lot of people, another thing that it wouldn't have resonated with them that they were in perimenopause that they were noticed they were getting technically, you know, it felt like more UTIs. But when they'd go to the doctor, they might do a urine test and it's not showing up positive for a UTI. So there's this kind of, I suppose, level of confusion why they're wondering why they might be a bit itchy or sore down there. They might be leaking a little bit. Plus, they might feel like they're getting more UTIs or even thrush, but they're not showing up positive for any of these. So it can be very confusing. And yes, it can all be linked to perimenopause. And we want to break the stigma that perimenopause does not mean that you're old (laughs) at all. (laughs) It doesn't pop into a lot of people's minds that that could be it. But it is just it can be up to 10, 12 years before actual menopause. And it's just your body starting to make these changes, but we can help and support ourselves through this, through things like the vaginal estrogen and also pelvic physiotherapy as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with the pelvic floor muscle training, this brings blood flow to the area, which kind of flush out the pain producing chemicals, it improves nutrition. So like you said there, that itch there, that vaginal itch, which is so common in perimenopause, which benefits so well from estrogen therapy. And um, it's a common one and it's something Dr. Mary Ryan as well, she talks regularly again. There was a podcast this week on the Mars channel. Definitely mm-hmm. worth listening back. They covered that itch. We just can't have an itch there when we're trying to go yeah. to work and, you know, live our lives. But yeah, it can be very uncomfortable and they probably yeah. think that they need to put a cream on it or yeah. something like that. And that could yeah. possibly be making it worse. But really what they need is that vaginal estrogen and it's not even being considered a HRT anymore which is it's something that you can just go and buy yourself and freely available not at you know less embarrassing for women to access it but just well to say there's another little condition that a lot of women will have in addition to that itch right and in addition to that vaginal atrophy and that is a type of dermatitis from the urine leaks. If you're rushing to the bathroom and you've urge incontinence or you have the little leak with exercise, coughing, sneezing, there are great products, Renee, to treat that. We used to think this redness that we would see, this soreness. Oh, it's because the acidity of the urine. Yeah, it's all down to the urine or worse, the stool, if there is a leakage or soiling. But there's really good products and it's really worth mentioning them. Um, available at the pharmacy from the company called 3M 
and they're so they obviously have a barrier effect. Yeah, actually, they have these wipes, Renee, and they have three things in them. So they have an emollient or a cleanser. Okay. They have Cavalon impregnated into the wipe, and then they have a little sealant. So these are worth, I can send you the link later for them. They sound genius. They're amazing. Continence care wipes. And ladies use them instead of toilet tissue for about six weeks if they're emptying their bladder or if they're emptying their bowel. And also women can use them in the shower. So let's say you're having a shower, wash your hair, wash your body, turn off the water, and then use one of these wipes to clean the delicate skin there, all the folds around the front passage and around the back passage. And then really important, Renee, let the tissues dry thoroughly before you put up your underwear. If we're a bit sore there, we're trying to not, we might dab the towel, but even water, bath water, shower water, perspiration will also be corrosive to that delicate skin. So these continence care wipes by the company 3M and then the cream to go with it, Renee, is called Cavalon. And again, more amount of Cavalon can be used, available from your pharmacy over the counter a couple of euro for a tube of a Cavalon cream, but again, small amount of it and absolutely key, Renee, let the skin dry. Dry. We're not lathering this on like we did, you know, one time. Yeah, it's amazing that you're giving this information so that people know that this exists because they probably think, do I just need to keep putting caniston on this? And they probably think they're putting keeping caniston in business, but it, that's not what they actually need. It's not a thrush problem. Renee, yeah. it could be as well. So mm. there's about a hundred different forms of thrush. So the poor woman may need her vaginal estrogen for her hormone related atrophy and her itch and her soreness. She may need the Cavalon for the incontinence or moisture associated okay. with but she could have a touch of thrush as well. Okay. So if we could see the skin there, you know, like we look after our face because we see that skin. We don't think about that other delicate area, yeah. but um, that can really make a difference as well. Yeah. I think anyone that has any concerns really should visit their doctor. They see this day in, day out. They don't need to be embarrassed about it. And one visit could have a huge change. It took me quite a long time to go and get it because I wasn't sure, was it perimenopause or what? Like. I had to put up with this bladder issue for quite a few years. And then as soon as I tried the vaginal estrogen, it was a game changer because I wasn't able to have an alcoholic drink. I couldn't drink coffee. I couldn't drink tea because it had caffeine in it. I couldn't have a fizzy drink even because I knew that that would set it off. And within, I suppose, literally two days of using it, it was a game changer for me. So I really think that it's absolutely worth chatting to your doctor about. And ever since last week, there has been great changes in the Irish health system and the government has brought out new things that are helping women's health. And one of them is this set of guidelines that every GP in the country is getting. They've been sent out by the Irish College of General Practitioners, and these have been written by our very own podcast, Dr. Quiva Hartley. So we're thrilled to have her not just as on the podcast, but the fact that she was part of the group of doctors that wrote those guidelines. So to let listeners know that GPs have this booklet, which is the quick reference guide on perimenopause and menopause. And women now know that the doctors have this. So they'll say, pull out your quick reference guide there and I'll prove to you that I'm having these symptoms and I need help with them. So it's fantastic. And Renee, just to echo there with your symptoms, you know, of overactive bladder, like which is what they were. So the bladder muscle itself was contracting and relaxing, painful. Now, 
they may not actually have leakage, but they're just going to the bathroom very often. They're up at night because of it. They can't tolerate um, those, you know, the caffeine-based drinks. And sometimes as well, Renee, you might find, you know, when you're postmenopausal, you will be able to tolerate them as well. That is a kind of a hormonal thing as well. That we're I actually can have them now ever since yeah. I started yeah. that. So it's That's been, good. To, yeah. Yeah, the that. alcohol thing wasn't a big deal for me because I wouldn't be much of a drinker. But just to be able yeah. to have a cup of coffee without feeling awful the next day yeah. has been oh, great. No. Like, you have to yeah. live your life. You, know, you have to. Yeah. Training. Like we had a lady here in the clinic last week. Now, this was a young girl now, but this just shows you now. And we had lovely feedback from this girl. She's 19. And she said, Aoife, I thought I would not be able to leave my home to go away to college because of my overactive bladder. I was up five or six times at night. I was leaking. I was going constantly. She was admitted to hospital for UTIs. She wasn't emptying her bladder. They were kind of next step for this 19-year-old was a Botox. And we put her on the program. She did her online program and she was back for her review. And she'd been away to college, six weeks done. And she said it was life changing. Wow. And I know we've another lady now at the moment this week. And you know that little test they do on the babies, the PKU test. Yeah. So this is a sort of, again, it's a genetic issue. But when you have PKU, it's kind of a kidney issue. We had one woman now and she's going to the bathroom 19 times in the day. Wow. And she's going, I think she said six times at night. And while she was in the visit in the clinic, she'd gone six times. But we know we can help this woman. So when she trains her muscles, now she's not perimenopause or menopause, she's a little bit younger, but she was going, you know, her mother actually had attended the clinic and had done very well. And she thought, well, I listen, I'll just see would it help me. Again, she didn't think pelvic floor. This woman actually hasn't had children. She thought, okay. I thought you only got it if you had kids. Like, not mm-hmm. true. Not true. Yeah. These bladder symptoms, you know, they ruin your life. They would. If something is impacting the quality of your life or stopping you from leaving your home or could you imagine how that would affect her sleep if she's someone's getting up that many times in the middle of the night how awful you'd feel the next day because you're not getting enough sleep yeah and we love it because we always get a christmas card from a patient (laughs) we give them back their night's sleep but i noticed with that lady here you know she was here she had an early appointment to the clinic but she had her hat on her scarf on her coat on about 50 layers freezing cold so this poor woman was completely exhausted you know, and yeah. the anxiety around it and the embarrassment, but she will do well. Like she has this PKU condition, but she's going to do well. Okay. The story was poor because when you're going that many times, you that many irritation, the muscles are kind of on, 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 off, on, off, on, off, on, off. That kind of strains them, but totally treatable with healthy yeah. training. And what about prolapse? What is prolapse and how can that be helped? And who does it happen to? Okay, delighted to answer that question. And this is something we see so much of. Now, we say here in the clinic, right, you can have 20 things wrong with you if your pelvic floor isn't in the normal range. And some poor ladies that come have the whole 20 things. Oh, no. Just to say that, you know, there's different things. But prolapse predominantly affects mothers. So there were some studies published recently, actually, 50% of women that are mothers, even if they had a cesarean section, Renee, will have pelvic floor muscle prolapse, will have pelvic organ prolapse, 50% of mothers, and an awful lot of them don't even know they have it. So they have prolapse, they don't know it. And what happens with prolapse? What exactly does it mean? Is it your insides are coming out or what? (laughs) 
So in women, there's about seven different things that can prolapse. We have a laugh here in the clinic sometimes, I'll assess a lady and I'd say, oh, you have a little bit of prolapse. And she'll say, Aoife, girl, I can't. I have a hysterectomy. What are you talking about? A lot of women think it's only the womb. So mm. it's a very common, but also the bladder can very commonly prolapse. The rectum can prolapse, or you can have what we call a wall prolapse, but there are others as well. So the common ones are a bladder prolapse, a rectal prolapse, which we call rectal seal or a little bit of the womb coming down. So basically, the organs come down in the pelvic floor. The symptoms that the women will have will be a variety of symptoms, a feeling of fullness. Some people will actually palpate or see a bulge. Okay. Oh my God. They might feel pressure. Yeah. Pressure, dragging, right? Or they could be getting UTIs. They could have trouble fully emptying. They could have trouble fully emptying their bowel. But the great news is, Rennie, pelvic floor muscle training has been evidenced to treat prolapse. A large randomized control study called the POPPY trial was carried out. And it shows that training your pelvic floor, building up the bulk and strength in it, can improve the prolapse by one grade. We're delighted to hear this new evidence. We always thought that pelvic floor muscle training could take away the symptoms of it and it could prevent it getting worse. We always knew that. But now we know it can actually treat it. But a really important thing to say as well about prolapse, sometimes you will need pelvic floor muscle training and something else as well for prolapse. Yes. Sometimes you will go on to need a ring pessary. Sometimes you will go on to need a repair surgery. Sometimes you might need a hysterectomy, but it's not either or with the pelvic floor training and some other intervention. It's a mix of it. Okay. Pelvic floor muscle training, something else, maybe taking your collagen as well, Renee. You yes. know, improve the ligaments, the fascia, the connective the elasticity. Hair. Yes. Yeah. And exactly. plus you get the benefits for your skin, exactly. <laughs> your hair. Exactly. So just a very important point. And even today now I had a lady, she's like, I'm still waiting for my gynae appointment. And my GP said to come here first. And I said, no, no, she didn't say come here first. This is part of the treatment. So pelvic floor muscle training is part of what we call multimodal. Don't stop it. If you need something else as well, you know, yes. it's for life. Pelvic floor training is for life. Yeah, it makes sense, though. And when you explain it like that, you can see how important it is, because I know a lot of people are just relying on incontinence pads, they think for the rest of their life when there is actually something that they can do about it. And it doesn't have to have this big effect on their life. So tell us a little bit more about how your online program works and how it can be done from at home. And just a bit more about it. Well, thank you so much. So it's called Home Pelvic Routine and it's a series of exercises given at the right pace and at the right order to ensure excellent results and treat the root cause. I am 25 years working as a specialist physiotherapist. Every year I see over a thousand women through my hands. So I've developed this course based on the evidence and that experience so that even the weakest or the tightest pelvic floor can do these course. Yeah. It's a three-week course, the first one. So we have home pelvic routine, the first course, a okay. course. Then we have home pelvic routine advanced. So it's the next sort of three-week course. Now, the guidelines recommend weekly sessions with the physiotherapist until you're sorted. Now, mm-hmm. really, people can't afford that. They can't manage that. So, you know, if you were to come to see me for three sessions in the clinic, it's going to cost you over 300 euro, whereas we have this course available 
for 70 euro. We yeah. kind of pay like maybe 20, set, 20 euro per week of the course, plus a little bit of that gives you the 70 euro. Yes. All you need is an email address to purchase it online, create your password enabled account, and then you can start. So say if you want to start it tomorrow, you'd start step one. You have a video okay. to watch, an ebook of what you have to do. And then let's say next Friday, you would add in step two. And then the following Friday, you'll add in step three. And every- you do those every day in yes. week one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So it's a daily thing. Yeah. So in the first week, you have one exercise to do. It's, it takes a minute and you have to do it six times a day. You actually do it in sitting. Week two, Rene, you add in step two. You'll have another little minute of exercise. So that'll be seven minutes you're doing in the day, seven minutes every day plus other things. We actually target, you'd be interested, Rene, in the bladder muscle itself and different postures and different training routines. So that's step two. Okay. And then step three, actually be glad to hear there's no new exercise as such. It's all lifestyle changes, advice on posture on the gut side. Lots of people, if they're even doing it as a prevention, will just manage with the first course. But some people then, you know, it depends from where you start from, how bad your symptoms will need the advanced course as well. Okay. So, you, know, you can start the advanced course and then that's similar. It's a series of videos and ebooks. And then we are here to support the person. There's a friendly, we're IPPM as our company, yeah. physio at the end of the phone. I'm not the most. That techie. always makes me laugh. IPPM. It's like IPP. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. IP. No, no, no peeing, no more. Exactly. Pee no more. Exactly. Pee no but, more. Um, but no, it's going. And you know, we have them available widely. We have them ourselves on our own platform. We've partnered with pharmacies here in Ireland, the UK. We've partnered with physiotherapy clinics and we're delighted with them. But we provide the support as well. So please get in touch. See us at, you know, if you have any queries, we're happy to answer them. Yeah, I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And by giving people back the opportunity to be able to do this in their own homes and you make it so easy and accessible. We also have a blog on our website, even about what you do already. So anyone can come on and read about that as well. How can people find you if they want to contact you or do the course or even come and visit you in person as well? Well, thank you, Renee. So you can contact me via Instagram, which a lot of people do. And my handle is at pelvic expert. So you'll see that. Our website, Renee, is www.ippm.ie. That's our website. Okay. Or just my name, Ethan Yucky. Put it into Google and come uh, on. You'll pop up. <laughs> I'll pop up, pop up. Or contact you. Give us a We'd be delighted to hear. And if you have a query, we're delighted to answer it. Exactly. And there is an awful lot of help that people can get. And don't be embarrassed to reach out. And I've met you on a good few occasions. So (laughs) Aoife's lovely and you've a lovely manner as well. So no one would feel any way awkward or anything in your presence. So my recommendation would be to go and make that call or send the email and help yourself to feel better because there's no point in putting up with those things when they can really be improved. Thank you so much for coming on the Key for Her podcast today. I've even learned so much and I need to start practicing (laughs) my exercises. I think I suppose a good one for people, what they could do is set a little reminder on their phone to go off six times a day. 
to remind you to do these little exercises and no one's going to know you're doing them. You could obviously be sitting there and you're like, yeah, in the car, car. do them in the car. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. What a great idea. Thank you so much for coming on today and we shall chat to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Donna. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Key For Her podcast. We'd be so grateful if you could hit subscribe, rate and share this podcast with your friends. For tips, tricks and hacks and all things perimenopause, menopause, periods, menstrual cycles and skin health, follow us at Key For Her on TikTok and Instagram. Check out our website keyforher.com for more information.